Please pray for pastors in this denomination. Please pray for this denomination. The burdens are heavy. And if you're not a pastor and you're not, you have no idea. of the burdens we're carrying at this time. The DS has put me with a group of other pastors. We're going to be going away this Thursday just for a day of rest as we deal with the many issues facing our lives in particular. And God in general. It's all about God. And this is the greatest testing time we've been through. And we need your prayers as we allow God to have God's way. One of my favorite prophets in the Bible is the prophet Habakkuk or Habakkuk. I go from one to the other, they're both correct. Habakkuk, Habakkuk. It's found at the end of the Old Testament. So I invite you to after you have the word of God, if you're ready to listen or you have it in sight, either one, if you can stand out of reference for God's holy word, that's perfect. If you can stand, sit for God's holy word, that's perfect too. What we want is your attention and honor for the word. 
of God. Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, 17 through 19, with emphasis on verse 19. And listen now for the word of the Lord. Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vine, Though the produce of the olives fails and the fields yield no food. Though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls. Yet, with all these horrible things going on, Prophet Habakkuk says, Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. Glory to God. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. Because God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a hind. That's the King James Version. Your version may say, dear. And makes me tread upon the heights. Or in some interpretations it says, makes me tread upon my high places. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. And won't you please pray with and for me now. Almighty God, as I stand before your people this day. Being obedient to the call. And resting in your glory. Please allow, Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength. Glory to God. And you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the church say amen. 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 Smile at someone today and then say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, don't know about you, but I'm moving on up. I'm moving on up. Glory to God. I'm giving you just a little background on this scripture, and I will be doing it again in the sermon. But the book of Habakkuk is about a prophet who loved his people. And he was watching his people be oppressed by their enemies. And he was saddened by that to the core. And in his mind, he wondered, God, what's going on? Why are good people, innocent people, suffering? Now, this is what I love about this prophet. 
He's called one of, because there are more, more than most prophets who would talk to God. You see, a, a white prophet. He said, God, I just wonder why. That's a word people like to talk about. I wonder why, and then they make up stuff. <laughs> it happens with me all the time. Why she do that? Then they make up stuff. Habakkuk said, God, I just want to know why. Let me tell you something. The best thing you can ever do is when you want to know why is go to the person you need to ask why. Because there is nothing I do in my ministry, and I know there's nothing God does in his power that I can't answer that question for you if you ask me. Why? He said it with respect, but I'll tell you, he was in relationship with God. See, you got to talk to God. If you're in a relationship, you got to talk to people. If you don't talk to people, then you can't say nothing about the people you're talking to. I'm talking about because you got to talk to people. There has got to be some communication. So, so the prophet said, God, why? Why are you just watching these people suffer and then letting the oppressor be blessed? And so God said, you know, Habakkuk, if I tell you the answer, you're not going to like it. And Habakkuk said, but God, that's okay. Go and tell me. So God said to Habakkuk, he said, Habakkuk, all I want you to know is that evil people will be punished. Evil people will not get away with doing wrong even when it looks like it. I want you to know, however, Habakkuk, that I'm allowing it to happen for a reason. I'm doing this. So you want to know why? Because I'm doing it. That's why. And he said, but God, you, you're not that kind of God. He said, I keep my promises, but I keep them in my time, Habakkuk. <laughs> glory to God, glory to God. So Habakkuk said, well, you know what, Lord, I love you so much. I'm just going to sit at my watch post. I'm just going to sit here until I get some clarity on what you just said to me. God said, good, sit there. Yeah. While Habakkuk was sitting, God kept talking to Habakkuk. And he said, Habakkuk, you know what believing in me means? It means you trust me no matter what's going on. Habakkuk, do you know what faith means? that you trust me, whatever's going on. And he said, Habakkuk, rather than asking why, do this, Habakkuk, do this. Remember, the just shall live by faith. Old folks saying, you'll understand it better. By and by, in the meantime, give me praise. And give me honor and keep the faith. And so here we find the prophet Habakkuk keeping the faith in the midst of horrors that he could not understand. But that didn't matter whether he could understand it or not. What mattered was that he would retain and renew his faith in a God who was in control of everything. Look at your neighbor and say, God's still in control. Beloved, every child of God 
Habakkuk had a testimony. That's why he said, you know, though the fig tree don't blossom, the fruit and the vines, the produce, and nothing ain't happening right yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. Every child of God ought to have a testimony about what God has done for them. The problem today is, though, we don't like test. <laughs> we want to have a testimony without the test. Uh, but you can't have a testimony without a test. Now, here we find Habakkuk passing his test. And he testifies because he passed his test. See, whenever you are obedient to God, God blesses obedience every single so Habakkuk says, you know what? God the Lord is my strength. He is my salvation. He's going to make my feet. He makes my feet like hind's feet. He makes me tread upon my high places, King James Version. Because the prophet knows that it's, it's easy to sink into a low place. When everything in the world is going crazy, you can't cut on the TV, you can't listen to the news, you can't look down at your phone, there's something happening in the world today. The devil is running rampant, and he does not discriminate. He's an equal opportunity destroyer. So the prophet knows that it's easy to sink into a low place, especially today when we are tuned into negative things happening all over the world. The news is saturated with mainly the horror and the, the insanity and the worst things happening in the world today. It's just easy to sink into a low place. Many people today will sink into a low place without even trying. But it takes God's help. When you sink to a low place, in times like these, we need a savior. So Pastor Habakkuk is a witness of all of us today who call ourselves Christians. The prophet, the preacher Habakkuk was a prophet of the 7th century B.C. who, who conducted his ministry in the land of Judah and around the same time that the prophet preacher Jeremiah and Zephaniah were conducting their their ministries. Isn't that something? In the book of Habakkuk, I've just told you what happened and where we are. We don't know a lot about this prophet like we do many of the other prophets. That means that um, you don't have to be known by a lot of people for what you do in life to be an impact. Somebody say amen. Because what you do in life, people don't have the final answer anyway. What you do good in life is written in the Lamb's book of life. So you're going to get what you're supposed to get when it's time for judgment. Somebody say amen. Pastor Habakkuk had a testimony. He said, God makes my feet like Hans' feet. You make me to dwell and to tread upon my 
basis. Ladies and neighbors say, I'm moving on up, I'm moving on up. And so in his testimony, the prophet, the preacher, he draws upon the image of an animal called the hind. Now, there are not too many hinds walking around in the San Fernando Valley. In fact, there are not many hind walking around uh, in Los Angeles County. Uh, if we saw one, we would certainly be witnessing an extraordinary sight in the city. Uh, but if we travel to the regions of North Africa and nearly all of Asia or to the large portions of Europe, we would encounter hind in abundance. And even if we encountered a hind at a zoo or an animal preserve, it would most likely be called by some other name than a hind. That's why it's good to read all the translations of the Bible. Because if you're just reading the King James in 2020, it's too much in there that you don't understand. Get a late translation and use them all. In the Bible, in the King James Version, hind is just another name for the adult female red deer. And you'll also see the word heart. Heart is a name for the adult male deer. The Bible writers and prophets make frequent references to, to God's non-human creatures, eagles and ants and sheep and goats and lions and deer. All oh, they talk about them and how they may show us some of the characteristics of God. But the most important creation is the human creation that God expects to exemplify who he is in the world. Tell them somebody, I'm moving on up. However, it's not so much the image of the animal that you're about to hear about today. It's the image of the animal's feet. Somebody say, feet. Pastor Habakkuk says, he, God, makes my feet like Heinz's feet so that I may dwell in my high places. You gotta have some things in order to go up high. Beloved, this testimony, this statement shows us that even though the hind is noted for its great speed, it's not for the great speed that the prophet's talking about here. And even though the hind is known for its great leaping ability, it's not its leaping ability that's lifted up here. And even though the hind is noted for its great maneuverability during the chase, it's not for its maneuverability that it's being lifted up here. Here in this testimony of the prophet, the hind is being lifted up for its sure footedness. Sure-footedness. You see, it's the hind's feet. The hind's feet are steady. You know, the Bible talks about don't be lukewarm. That's what I think the church is today. It's just lukewarm. It's not steady. Dealing with issues when we need to be dealing with God. Off balance, off balance, giving issues to glory when we need to be giving God the glory, giving issues our time and energy when we need to be giving God our time and energy. Off balance, we're not steady. And the hind's feet are like carefully placed. We just go anywhere, do anything, because we don't check it out. 
by the Bible. Did the Bible say do that? Did the Bible say do that? That ought to be the question of the church today. Is the Bible saying that? What are we talking about? Here's a book that's only the truth is found in. And it's sad to say that there are so many illiterate biblical people in the church of Jesus Christ. Carefully placed. And Heinz feet are strong. Somebody say strong. Strong. We are to remember this animal's feet. Because the heart, the deer, is being lifted up today in this scripture because of his sure-footedness. Well, the prophet lets us know why he's lifting the virtue of sure-footedness in the words that follow. Uh, because Habakkuk the preacher says, he makes me tread or walk upon my high places. Whose high places? My high places. Sometimes people don't understand what your purpose is in life. And you worry that they do. But it's not for them to understand. It ain't their purpose. They need to be so busy discovering their own purpose and doing that that they ain't got time to be worried about your purpose because you ought to be consumed with your own purpose and doing that. Somebody say amen. It's my high place. Look at your neighbor say, it's mine, all mine. In other words, God has a high place for each and every one of us who are called Christians when we are obedient to God's word and God's will. Listen, when we are obedient Christians, God will fix our feet so that we can dwell in our high places. God has more than a high place, but it's referring to high places. God has more than one high place for you and for me. Say, I'm moving on up. Well, preacher, what do you mean by a high place? I'm glad you asked me. I'm so glad you asked me. By high place, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. I mean that place of a situation in life that God has prepared especially for you. And you know seasons change and gifts change. And what I used to do many years ago, I can't do anymore. Does that mean God is through with me? Absolutely not, because there are many high places. It's just my high places change. Is that I got to change jumping from high place to another high place and to another high place. Somebody say amen, because what was good for yesterday may not be a high place in 2020. Like we can take a lesson from the hind that dwells on high places. You know, when we do a little traveling, tell you about this dear little research, we find that most hind and heart don't even dwell in high places. Ooh. Are they equipped to? Yeah. They're equipped to dwell in high places, but most of them don't. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You got to know who you are. You got to know what God put in you. You got to know what you have the ability to do. Because if you don't, you're going to stay in that same place and complain about what's happening in your life today when today you're supposed to be doing something else. 
Somebody help me up in here. Glory to God. We can take a lesson when we do a little travel, a little research. We find that most hind and heart don't even dwell in high places, even though they have feet that enable them to dwell in high places. Oh, Lord. No, most hind and heart dwell on level plains or low grounds where the grass is green. Comfortable now. I got me a house and a car. Money in the bank. The grass is green. Ah, you can have all that in the lowland. You can have it all like that. And so I'm going to stay right here. They stay the trees in the lowland cast their cool shadows. Listen, child of God, it is only the rare hind or the rare heart that will ascend. See the will ascend the rocky. See, that's what I'm trying to say. You want to go high? You want to climb a mountain? That ain't no joke. In life, you want to go high? You're a Christian? All Christians ought to be mountain climbers. All Christians ought to be mountain climbers. Climbing the rocky, rough, craggy, Heights of the mountain. Because only there can you dwell above the wolves and the lions that stalk below. What I'm saying is that even though God will equip us to dwell in the high places, too many people today are like the hind on the low grounds. They satisfied to dwell in the low grounds simply because dwelling in the lowlands is easier than scaling the mountain. And consequently, they never become all that they could become. They never become all that God would want them to become. And they will never become all that they should become as a Christian. Somebody say amen. Because they don't know who they are. They don't know that with God, all things are possible. They don't know that with God, there is nothing too hard for God. Oh, but when we like that hind, which answers God's call to ascend to the heights, then we reach the full potential that God has placed in us. The church is an organism that is always recreating itself and growing taller and bigger all the time. It's an organism. Yes. Glory to God. Look at your neighbor say, I'm moving on up. This was Pastor Habakkuk's testimony, and that's why he said, God makes my feet. Like hinds feet, God makes me walk upon my high places. Beloved, when we are moving on up, God must make our feet steady so that we can climb up the rough side of the mountain and get to the top. God must make our feet sure so that we can stand on the promises of God. Look at your neighbor and say, stand, neighbor. Stand. So when we go to high places in God, we must be able to stand. Stand. Stand when there's nothing else to do. You just watch the Lord bring you through. 
You have to be able to stand when you're up high now. Stand the jealousy and stand the lies and stand the put downs and stand the betrayal, stand the criticism, stand the blame, and stand the abuse. I said, you got to be able to stand up tall when you go high. If you ain't experiencing none of that from people, then you ain't high enough. Stand on the word of God that's standing on a high place. One of the things we know today that people don't want to know the Bible. People don't want to be obedient to the Bible. People want to have their way. So to even preach from the word today is a high place. And on the word of God that's standing on high. God the Lord is my strength, the prophet says. No matter what's going on around me, God makes my feet like hinds feet. He makes me tread upon my high places. When we get to our high places, we can't sit down. We got to tread. It's not easy being in a high place, dearly beloved. We people can't make it to a high place in the Lord because they have to get up and walk. You must keep moving in the Lord no matter what. And we Christians, we Christians must keep moving because people don't want you up like they want you down. Hallelujah. People don't want you high. They want you low. People want to know just how low will you go? People don't want you to move on up. They want you to stay down with them. People don't like it when God elevates us because then you don't want to be in their company anymore. Elevation, moving on up, and the Lord makes us change. 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 A change has come over me. That's what you say at the top of the mountain. We begin to live like a born-again Christian. You know, every few weeks or months, we need to be born-again Christians. Certainly every few years, you need to be born-again Christians. Glory to God. Every year of life ought to move us higher in the Lord. Moving up in the Lord will take us the people who are not moving on up. It makes us leave the people who don't want to move on up. It makes us stay focused on the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Look at somebody and say, I'm moving on up. You know, people get frustrated with you when you don't like the things you used to like. Just like you clean your closets. Clean your house, clean your car, wash your clothes. You ought to do the same thing with people in your life. People, people get more attached to God than you are to people. And if you're attached to people, then make it the people that you don't know, as well as the people that you do. Somebody say amen. Amen. He said, love your neighbor. He didn't say, if you know your neighbor, if you like your neighbor, if you know your neighbor's name, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's real deep. That's real deep. One, we really don't do it. And two, maybe because we really don't love ourselves. 
See, some people, I don't want me to, I don't want them to love me like they love themselves. I don't know if they really love themselves the way God would want them to. Listen, people get frustrated with you. People want us to live in the past and stay in the same place in the Lord. Sometimes you got to take some risk. Sometimes you got to do something you've never done before. I can remember being at a slumber party when I was in college, reading in the Ebony magazine about something called the Domestic Peace Corps. And I had always been aware of the nastiness that goes on in this country. And I'd always said that going overseas to the Peace Corps is hypocrisy when we got some of the same problems right here in America. And so I said to my little group, I said, you know what? This is interesting. Domestic Peace Corps in New York City. Mama, I'm going to apply for this. They went right. Been in love all your life. You're 21. You ain't never been on no airplane. What you talking about, girl? I went and told my mother and I applied. Only 25 were selected from across the country. And of over 500 applications, and one happened to be, to my great surprise, mine, a 21-year-old who had always been in Alice in Wonderland, called either Pacoima or Lubbock, in the village, very protected, loved, taken care of, 21. My mama cried like I had told her I was dying. Because my mama thought her children would never leave her. She'd have been just as happy for us to stay at home forever. That's not a bad thing, kids, staying at home. That's all right today. Sometimes you'd rather have them close to you than out in the world today. It ain't fun out in the world today. But this is what I learned. I learned my great, the highest places that I have ever been in my life. The mountaintop experiences that I have had in my life. One was 1963 in Harlem, New York City. Where I, like Habakkuk said, God, why? Why in the richest country in the world am I seeing this kind of poverty? This kind of powerlessness and this kind of pain and this kind of Drug infection. How? In America. There's no excuse in the richest country in the world for the kind of life I saw in Harlem. But it was a high place for me because I learned that life ain't all about me. That's one of my mama's mantras. It ain't all about you, Lydia. Who is it about? It's about Jesus. Too many young people today and old people just staying where they are and not understanding what goes on in the world. I grew up not in Lubbock, Texas. I grew up on the streets of Harlem in New York City. I had to grow up. I had to change some of my ways. I got called in because I was too friendly. 
radio spoke to everybody. So I spoke to everybody. I talked to everybody. Whole conversation with anybody. I was property of the government. They had to call me in and say, you know what? You can't be doing all that. I walked eight to ten blocks to church in the dark at night. People all over the world have heard about two places, my high places. Everybody knows about Harlem, New York City in the 60s. And everybody knows about Compton, California in the 80s. My high places. Because I always wanted to go where I knew Jesus would be, even if people were not there. Lord, why? 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 We blame white people for what happened at integration, but really, during this Black History Month, let me remind you that it was not just white flight that created what we call the inner city. One, it was done on purpose. <laughs> See, the people I, I ministered to didn't have no money to buy drugs or guns. So the question is, where they get it from? Huh. Oh, I know where they got it from. But this is what, I didn't get mad at God. I just said, God, I don't understand. In this country, in this country, I was so upset, I didn't salute the flag, I didn't sing the national anthem, because I have never gotten mad at God. I just asked him, why God? My anger turned to people, not to God. I was angry, I was angry. Angry at the white folk who left, and angry at the middle class blacks who left too. They both created the inner city. Why you just leave people behind? I could have easily said, I got my education. I don't need to be here with these people. They could have worked hard to do. No, I'm blessed to bless somebody. I stand up to pick up somebody who's fallen down. To whom much is given, much is required. I was angry. I was angry, but not at God. I was angry with the oppressor, and my burden has been white racism, and I've talked about it and took the whipping for doing it all of my life. Angry with the government? How you gonna spend money on everything but people? How is it in 2020 we have more homeless people in California than they do in some whole countries. Why? Why? What's the church saying about it? What preachers saying about it? What Christians saying about it? As we watch people suffer. Yes, I walk the streets all dressed up in Compton and talk to everybody. That's what a Christian is supposed to do. Yes, I could have sat in a big 
house and had everything I wanted, but I chose to be a United Methodist pastor, one where you get no respect and no pay. I would have done better working for corporate America in my late years. My pension would have been real good. What we think is a high place is really a low place. Because in God's sight, he fixes our feet to go into raggedy, craggedy places. You got to be strong to go where God tells you to go, where people are hurting and suffering and dying and addicted and powerless. Trading upon our high places. Our high places. Our high places. We don't care what people think. We care what God thinks. We want to do what God said do. Because one day God says, I will, I will judge. I will judge. We don't want to do things like other people do. We want to do things like Jesus would do. Oh, church. Oh, church. When I talk about things, I don't talk about a lot of things that I haven't experienced to myself. But life is full of trials, tribulations, and trouble. And we need to stop pampering our children and pampering each other because suffering, suffering produces a high place. I'm ending with this. One time I was really depressed sitting at home, and one of the members of my home church, St. Luke in Dallas, said to me, I claim that one. She said, I don't know what's happening to you now, but the Lydia I know is gone. She's just kind of disappeared. I said, I'm struggling so hard. that I don't even have the strength to get out of the bed. She said something I will never forget. She said, Lydia, get your Bible and read Romans 5, 2 through 5. You want to know about high places? You want to know why young people are committing suicide and on drugs and not coping well? It says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You only want to die when you don't have the excitement of what God's going to do. That's hope. 
And not only that, it says, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Stop telling these children that life is easy and share some of your sufferings. Because I would never have been the pastor I am today if I had not left my mom and them in Lubbock, Texas, spoiling me to death. <laughs> Suffering. That's where I've grown up. Suffering. That's why I've learned how to stand because suffering, the Bible says, produces endurance. Mm. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. That's why our children can't take anything anymore. They don't have any endurance. They can't wait on nothing. They don't have endurance. Suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to each of us. This is war. It's time to it's time to give it all we got because this world is not our home. We just passing through. But if you have walked on high places, if you've been up the rough side of the mountain, if you've endured some things, then come on with me, church. Because I still have places to go and things to do. I'm still moving on up with the Lord. Come with me, church. I'm pressing on. The upward way. New heights I'm gaining every single day. A higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet. Lord, plant my feet on higher. Oh, higher ground. Give the Lord a hand, praise. He's worthy. Plant your feet.